Are you there, God? It's us, Sid King and Becca Stevenson. Welcome to season two of the Good Girls Gone Sad podcast, where we unpack our childhood drama and try to figure out why we are the way we are. We're here to answer the questions, what made you good and what makes you sad? We are so excited that this is the first episode of season two. Um, We thought we'd kick this season off with a little bit of introductions of me and Sid, tell you who we are and why we're here and how we're pivoting a little bit from season one. Yes, we got um, a lot of new followers. Thank you all so much for subscribing. We hope you stick around. Um, Sorry the hiatus was so long. Becca was very busy getting married and going on her honeymoon, and I... um, I moved Burroughs, so that was my big news. That's I think that's equally big news, actually. <laughs> yes. Well, I did get married, so that was fun. Um, thank you to everyone who patiently waited for this episode. Okay, so season two is going to be a tiny bit different from season one. So when we started off to do this podcast, Sid and I first really bonded over our religious backgrounds, and we were like, hey, we should do a podcast about religion. Turns out when we were doing season one, a lot of people wanted to talk about things that weren't religion. They wanted to talk about academic achievement or musical theater or whatever the different things were that made them good girls. Um, A reminder, good girls is a gender neutral term. Mm -hmm. It should be able to be adopted by anyone who identifies as a good girl. Good Um, girl is a state of mind. Yes, good girl is a state of mind. It's an energy. But we, in season two, are going to make a little bit more of a concerted effort to be more inclusive of different types of good girls and accepting of all definitions of what makes you a good girl, regardless of religion. So some of our guests will talk about religion. Sid and I probably will always talk about our religious (laughs) backgrounds. But we're going to have a little bit more um, people who represent the other sides of a good girl. Speaking of good girls, Becca, what are your good girl qualifications? Oh gosh, I have so many. Um, am I diving in to my origin story? I guess I was just gonna go a little like oh, just me in general. A little, a little, a little. Who are you before you go back in? I don't know. You were born actually. I won't out you. Nineteen ninety-two. Mm-hmm. The tail end. Um, yeah, my qualifications. Oh my gosh, I have so many. Famously, I won a dare essay contest when I was in the fifth grade, and I have really taken that to heart and never done drugs. I would say that's my number one good girl qualification, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, yeah, in general, I'm just a huge people pleaser, academic achiever, ballet dancer, girly, and you will hear more about that in my origin story. But Sid, would you like to talk about your qualifications? My qualifications, I... Went to Catholic school for 12 years. I had a rolling backpack. Um, It was like a medical reason I needed the rolling backpack, but it also just perfectly embraced my personality, which is fortunate, unfortunate. Um, I wish I could have been a horse girl, but horses really freaked me out. But I really respect them as an animal. And I had braces for six years, which all these things are not really my choosing, I guess. But um, they do make an impact. (laughs) They add to good girlness. Yeah, I was like a cheerleader, but mostly because I was loud and flexible, not not like hot and popular. I'll give you that. I did a lot of musical theater, and I was in like, I think seven after school and before school organizations. Yes. The after school activity, huge sign of a good girl. Definitely going to be leaning into the extracurriculars this mm-hmm, season. Mm-hmm. Um, So what we're going to do in this episode is we are just going to very quickly go through our good girl origin stories. We're going to talk about what makes us sad, which is what we do in every episode. We talk about what makes you good, what makes you sad, and then we are going to play a little game that we've sort of 
half written for each other, you'll see. Um, and we will do the Good Girl Glossary actually before the game. <laughs> I got married and forgot how to do this podcast. <laughs> but so yeah, we're going to do our origin stories. It's going to be very quick. We're not going to go into the detail that we would because y'all are probably tired of hearing our voices if you listen to all of season one. So I think we should just jump right in. Mm-hmm. So Sid King, would you like to tell me your good girl origin story? I would literally love to tell you my good girl origin story. Okay, so Live your truth. M- mostly I went to Catholic school for 12 years and that had a huge impact on my good girliness. Good girliness, I like that. I love that. that. Uh, on my good girliness because I had really bad ADHD and I always felt like I was like breaking rules that I wasn't trying to break or getting in trouble but religion was a place where I could follow very distinct rules and know that I was a quote-unquote good person um I think that actually ended up being bad for me because it gave me a raging superiority complex because they were like hey if you do these things you're amazing and other people who don't do these things are really bad people and I was like okay whatever you say um which is funny because my parents really like weren't nearly as religious as me and my sister but we both took our catholic schooling maybe too much to heart um so that's kind of what makes me sad now is like i'm really unpacking why i was so religious and what i was trying to get out of that um and like not to get my relationship with god but i don't really know what it is because i was trying to please other people like very much human beings I don't think it was for the purpose of pleasing God um another interesting fact is that my mom worked at my high school and it was and so she was like best friends with the priests that I would confess to like they would come over and drink at my house and I knew all of my teachers really well um and I did a lot of musical theater so I felt like I could pretty much get away with anything which is once again not great (laughs) um and I also like I said earlier had pretty bad ADHD so um a lot of my good girliness was because I didn't have a ton a ton of friends like in middle school but that's why I'm a comedian now oh yeah we didn't even mention mention that that we're comedians and that's how we met um that's why I'm a comedian now because I needed to be ahead of the joke about like how disorganized I was or like literally being out of breath all the time because I'm (laughs) talking so fast. That's um, another good girly thing for me. And I think I'm just sad now because I was a very precocious kid and very loud and I was always very good with like parents. Um, and then when you become an adult, that's not charming anymore. And okay, that's to... so not true because at my wedding, Sid made friends with every person over the age of 60. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> but... It is charming. It's like, I guess it's, it, but it's not charming to your peers. I guess so. And like, I felt like as a kid, I was like, I don't need my peers. They're, <laughs> they're also in school. How embarrassing. They don't know what, like, I watched a lot of TV land and Food Network and HGTV and I was like, I'm literally the cultured class. Um, so that's why I would relate to like parents more, but sometimes it's really hard for me to relate to my peers and that makes me sad, but I do still love talking to parents. Woo wee. If you know Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, that song, I Give Good Parent, mm-hmm. I Give Excellent Parent. That's very true. And also I related to that song. So would you say, I mean, I know you talked a little bit about what made you sad. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you want to add to your sadness or do you think you covered it? I don't know. I just feel bad all the time. I feel anxious all the time. Um, Let's see, what else made me sad? Oh, I was always a really high, like, achiever. And then when I decided that I wanted to take myself off of ADHD medication, I had to, like, retrain my brain to be who, I guess, 
I wake up as, and that has been a difficult journey. And especially like in a corporate setting, I, it's hard for me. I think that, that made me sad, getting fired. And then also deciding not to like, I thought I was gonna be a corporate ladder girly and I'm very much don't think that's my future. So figuring out what I want when I knew what I wanted so much. I think that's a very big good girl trait is like, or gone sad trait is having everything planned out. And then even if you can achieve all of those things, um, realizing you don't want it is really difficult. Yeah, I think that's very true. I saw a TikTok today that was like, if you feel like you are running out of time, please look at these stats. And it was like, I'm totally going to butcher the stats. So (laughs) somebody look it up and let us know what it is. But it was like the average age to change industries is 39. Like the average age to graduate college is 27. Like it was all these ages that were so much later than you would think about. Mm -hmm. And so it was basically like if you're in your late 20s, early 30s and you're freaking out, like calm down. You have so much time. And it was really, I thought it was an interesting perspective. That is nice. But also I'm like, that if you do it later in life, it seems like you have conviction towards it. And I feel like I have no conviction right now, which is freaky. <laughs> Becca Stevenson, what's your good girl origin story? My good girl origin story. Okay, so I feel like when we started this podcast, I decided that my good girl origin story was growing up at church, being involved in Bible studies, all that good stuff, like going to youth group every Sunday, going on the ski trips etc. And I definitely think that had a lot to do with it. I think that that's certainly where the purity culture side of how I was raised came in really strong. Um, But I actually think the more we've talked to other people and the more I've like done some soul searching, um, I feel like what really made me a good girl is I came from a good girl family. Like I think every single one of my family members could qualify as a good girl Probably a good girl gone sad, if I'm honest. Um, That's me, like, using my Love Island talk, if I'm honest. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I think that, like, all of my siblings, I'm the youngest of three, I think both my siblings certainly qualify as good girls. I think my parents, especially my mom, but I think my dad probably qualifies as a good girl as well. So I think I was just kind of raised in this culture of, like, we follow the rules and we work hard at school and teachers like us and I don't know that I ever felt like there was another option. Like I don't think I ever wanted to rebel because I didn't see older siblings rebel. I didn't like see that happening in my family. So mm-hmm. I think that was like kind of added a lot to what I was learning at church and all that good stuff which is apparently my favorite phrase, but I also, you know, was a big academic achiever. I was in a million clubs. Um, I felt like, you know, I had to get really good grades, especially, I don't know if you felt this way, but I kind of felt like I am an English person. Like people told me I was good at English. So if I don't have the highest grade in English, I am so disappointed in myself. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was kind of my approach is like, you know, I'm a good writer, so I have to be the best writer in the class Mm -hmm. or like, I'm not good at science, so I don't care about science at all. Like, it was kind of like, I, ha- I had this mindset going in that was like all or nothing kind of perfectionist mindset. Um, I also was a ballet dancer, which I never really thought twice about that having to do with my personality until my old boss, like, talked about it all the time. And she was like, you can just so tell. Like, you were in a 
activity where you had to critique yourself constantly and you were constantly striving for perfection and, you know, nothing would ever be good enough for your teachers. And I was like, wow, okay, read me. Um, (laughs) So I definitely think the ballet has a lot to do with it. We spent like, I basically spent all of my time at school, at church, at the dance studio. Well, not in that order. At school, at the dance studio, then way lower at church. And, like, at the dance studio, I'd be working on school stuff. So I was, like, there every weekend, all weekend. And I do think that had a lot to do with the way that I am. I think I'm, like, naturally inclined to want to follow the rules and be a perfectionist. And I feel like ballet worked because of that. Because I was, like, oh, this is technique. And I can just constantly strive to be better Mm -hmm. and better and better. It's not, like, you win or you lose. It's, like, your enemy is yourself and, like, your limits. And so I think that had a lot to do with how I am today. Um, so yeah, I would say my good girl origin story is everything about me. (laughs) Uh, and here I am today. (laughs) And here we are. And so what made you sad, Becca? I think what made me sad is, I think when I went to college, I had a real come to Jesus, no pun intended, about like who I was and how good I was at things. And I think I just kind of got to this point where I was like, You know, I thought I was this really good Christian because I didn't have sex and I didn't do drugs. Mm -hmm. And then I went to college and there was like all these people who got up in the morning and did journals and spent time with the Lord. And I was like, I'm not even that good a Christian. Like these people are way better than me. And I think like, you know, going to college, you like I wasn't the smartest person at my school. I went to a huge school, but like I felt pretty smart in high school. And then Mm -hmm. I went to college and I was like. Oh, I'm just so average. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it was coming to terms with the fact that I'm pretty average and most people are average, which is what makes it average. But, like, I didn't make the tap team that I auditioned for. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, (laughs) what do you mean I didn't make it? Like, I think I just kind of got to college and I was, like, confronted with the fact that I was not as good as I thought I was. And I was just in this, like, more competitive environment and I didn't feel like I was measuring up. And I had a lot of body image issues in college and I was always teeny, teeny, tiny when I was in high school. And then I went to college and discovered donuts and I just like, that was a really big struggle for me of like accepting that I look differently and um, trying to acknowledge that I can still be pretty if I'm not, you know, 85 pounds or whatever. And I mean, that's something I still struggle with. And my therapist basically was like, you've come a long way and this is going to be there forever. Like, she Mm -hmm. was like, this is going to be in the back of your mind for the rest of your life, which is a good thing to know. Like, you don't have to think that you're failing. Um, But anyway, so I think that was kind of when my um, sadness started was when I just sort of realized that I wasn't... Because I don't know that I, like, went into college cocky, but I think it just is like a... You have to come to terms with the fact that, like, you're in this place full of people who are as smart if not most of them are smarter than you and like good at different things and have all these talents and you're suddenly just this fish in a Mm -hmm. pond or whatever (laughs) it's like your book smart moment when at the end it's like you got into UCLA but you do all these drugs and she's like okay and I think a lot of the thing about college and certainly moving to New York and like starting a job and things like that is your identity shifts And I think I felt like my identity was gone. I wasn't able to be like, this is just different. I'm in a different environment with different people. And I was kind of like, I am a dancer. And all of a sudden, I am not a dancer. Like, I'm 
president of the English Honor Society and all of a sudden I'm this regular person who's not in any clubs. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that was what really kind of hit me was this loss of, like, the thing that you've defined yourself by is now probably gone, unless you play a college sport. And I've actually heard a lot of people who played college sports talk about this after college, Mm -hmm. where they're like, I'm a lacrosse player. And then you leave college and you're like, no, I'm just this normal person. (laughs) Like, how do I adjust to that? You feel like you have this way of being. And then all of a sudden I'm just like, oh no, what, what is my way of being? Do I go out? Do I go to Bible study? Like what, what circle am I going to fit in here? So I think that was, it's funny because I made my best friends in college and I feel very good about my college experience, but I also at the same time feel like that's the time that I was like lost in a lot of ways. It sounds dark, but it's true. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I totally feel that. My freshman year, I was like, I'm just like, gonna transfer for a guy I was dating, and then he dumped me, and then I on Ash Wednesday with ashes on my forehead, and I was like, who am I? What am I gonna do? And now I'm like, ugh. Yeah, I definitely think, like, your relationships in high school can come to define you, and then I feel like, again, like, I went to college, and it was like, all my friends were meeting their now husbands, and I was, like, just unbelievably single, and... I don't know. I think all of that just kind of messes with your head when you're used to being a certain way. So Good Girls Gone Sad is about change is hard. Change <laughs> is hard. Yeah. But I think it is about like when you have such high expectations for yourself and then you feel like you're not meeting them. What I needed to do was just adjust my expectations and be like, I'm in a different environment. I'm living alone for the first time. I'm experiencing classes that I've never experienced before. Like it's not going to be the same when you put yourself so high up that you're like I cannot come down from where I am now and then like naturally something's gonna happen and you're not gonna be at the top it's like when I did the flexed arm hang um during the presidential (laughs) fitness exam because I was not strong enough to do a pull-up and I broke the school's record for pres or flexed arm hang because I was so afraid of how high I was off the ground um I was up there for a minute and a half and (laughs) I Um, and then I came down and they're like, you really were not that high off the ground. Do you see that now? And I'm like, yeah, I see that now. It's a perfect allegory for my life. That's so true. <laughs> Our it's lives, like clinging. Maybe. I'm clinging, clinging to this position I'm in. And then all of a sudden I'm just on the ground and I'm like, oh, oh that was, well, okay. I was just fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. And it's also kind of comforting to be a little mediocre sometimes. It is. And I think like, honestly, that's the best thing about New York. Like, yes. People feel like you move here and you get lost in all the people. And it's like, duh. They're like, yes, you get lost <laughs> in all the people. Like, that's the best part. Come on. Like, you're nobody mm-hmm. here. And that's kind of awesome. And I think, I don't know. It's like, you can be like your little main character while also knowing that no one cares about you. Mm-hmm. And I think that is really comforting in really a way. It really is. It really is. So don't I, be afraid to be mediocre. Yeah, I think a lot of people who see themselves as sort of the main character thrive in New York for that reason. But it's also, like, isolating for that reason, but I don't know. I feel like I moved here and I was like, wow, no one is paying attention to me. I can do whatever I want. (laughs) That is amazing. (laughs) But, you know, then I started stand-up comedy to force everyone to pay attention to me, so... It's Who's to say? <laughs> it's a balance that we have not struck. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Um, so good girl glossary entries. Yes. Do you want to go first? I can go first. Um, so listeners, 
the good girl glossary is the definitive list of people places and things that make up a good girl um if you listen to any of our past episodes except for maybe the first three or four because this came later um you can hear some amazing past entries um we never we have a guest which we normally have a guest on and we ask them what makes them good and what makes them sad we ask them to submit something into the good girl glossary Okay, so my Good Girl Glossary entry for today Mm -hmm. is thriving while visiting a living history park. Okay. Um, Have you ever visited a living history park? Like Colonial Williamsburg? Like a Colonial Williamsburg. Like what I wrote my pilot about? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I relate. Um, There was one in Indiana. I'm from Indiana, um, central Indiana. There is a living history park called Connor Prairie. And my dream was to be a volunteer there because you had an outfit and you had your own backstory and people would come up to you and be like, what are you doing? And you're like, I'm sweeping the schoolroom floor. And then they would ask you about cell phones and you would say, what's a cell phone? What magic box? You're a witch. And they would show you their, uh, their cell phones. And that was my dream was to be like really immersed and like acting and pretending that I was in whatever. I don't even remember what time period Connor Prairie was, but I was like, I'm going to churn butter and make it my whole personality. Churning butter as a personality is such a thing. Also making <laughs> rope. We used to make rope. Candles. Dipping candles. Oh, I don't know that I ever made candles, but. And then flower crowns by hand. Well, that the, was a big thing. It's the hoop game for me. Oh, hoop <laughs> and stick. Absolutely. I like mentioned that somewhere recently. Oh no, you know what I mentioned is, you know that cup game? So there's like a ball. The cup and the ball. Yeah. Yes. Okay, thank you. I, I mentioned it. I just did this comedy show and I really haven't done comedy in a long time, so it's not even a brag. Um, but I did, <laughs> did this show and they like showed you art. I said was in it. It's called Modern Whitney. It's super fun. You should look it up if you're in New York. But they showed this thing that was like a, it was like a chair and then it had a chain and there was a ball connected to it. And the ball was like, uh, th- I'm not going to be able to explain it. But basically, it looked like the ball could fit in the chair. And I was like, if the ball fits perfectly in the chair, then I like this piece of art. But if it does not fit perfectly, <laughs> then I hate it. You can take all of this out if you want to. But I literally said, I was like, it reminds me of the ball and cup game. And every single person in that room just stared at me. And I was like, I'm sorry. This is a thing. It's a thing. How do you not know about the ball and cup game? It's a thing. Anyway. I think what we should do... We should, when we enter things into the good girl glossary, kind of, like, work together to determine what makes that thing a good girl Mm. trait. So, like, why did we want to desperately visit living history parks and, like, thrive at a living history park? I think it's the same reason we all like American Girl dolls. But I don't know what that reason is. Being nerds? I think <laughs> I think it's imagination. I do, you know what? That's true. Or like... I think good girls like cling to imagination. Which I think is why we have such high expectations for ourselves. Because mm-hmm. we like see in our mind's eye what we could be. And we like, fa- we like fantasize about living this other life. I think it's also that like things seem very simple. And it's like mm. very clear cut. Like... I wake up in the morning, I cook breakfast for my family, I get married, I have children at 14. That sounds all very easy for me. Like So easy. I don't have to be bogged down by, you know, like the world. I can just go to church, wear my bonnet, we're all good to go. Mm-hmm. And I think, at least for me, it, like that was probably part of it. It was like, I could, it, it was simple. There was like, I could do crafts all day, I could just embroider, mm-hmm. and I could learn and like not thinking about the fact I'd have to use an outhouse or like get dysentery or like not Um, leave the house when you're on your period (laughs) yeah go sit in a barn when you're on your period or whatever um I think the idea of like everything being very simple is a good girl's right too do we think most good girls are like 
Maximalists or minimalists? Oh, that's a good question. I'm a maximalist only I, because I'm a hoarder. I think I'm a maximalist too. Or I don't know that I'm a maximalist, but I'm not a minimalist. I'm very sentimental and I think that has to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so here's what... I think that the the living history is multi-pronged. I think number one, it's imagination. I think number two, it's simplicity. I think number three, it's nerdiness. Mm-hmm. Just good old-fashioned good old nerdiness. Fashion. And then Laura I think four, yeah, Laura Ingalls Wilder <laughs> half pint. Um, number four, I think, is um, costumes. I do think costumes make believe again. Yeah. yeah, I mean, legitimately, my friends. I would say every single one of my friends in high school was a good girl, and I don't know. I'm not going to speak for them, but some of them have gone sad. And we used to like literally play dress up until we were like seniors in high school. Like I'm not kidding. We would like put on little outfits and like make Hannah Montana videos and like it was like a joke, but it wasn't. <laughs> Cuz we were adults. <laughs> you know what? I we I hope my friend Natalie is listening because we would, you know, make little music videos and little outfits. And See, we would I do... hope my friend Natalie is listening <laughs> for the same reason. <laughs> These are different girls named Natalie. Um I think also it was like because we didn't rebel, right? So the idea of, like, getting to be someone else mm-hmm. felt so freeing. Yeah. I do. Okay. You know how, like, they, people talk about how some people have, like, a visualization in their head. Some people have, like, a running monologue. Mm-hmm. Some people don't. Whatever. Like, I think, well, I won't speak for you, but I'm going to. <laughs> I think all good girls have a constant monologue. Oh, yes. Because I think you can't be the level of anxious that we are without a constant monologue. And also, I think you can't have, like, giant dreams. Like, I think you have to have big dreams in a way to be a good girl. Like, whatever that is. Maybe it's, like, your accounting dreams or whatever. But, like, Mm -hmm. I think you have to have big dreams. And I feel like to be able to dream big, you have to have this, like, constant thing going on in your mind. I agree. And I think that's why, like, putting yourself in the shoes of... Little wooden clogs. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, do I want that life? No, I do not. Like, I love running water, but I can very easily be like, I look so cute in that little apron. Like, I could see it. And my husband would come home, and I'd be like, oh, kids, your paw's home. (laughs) Like, I can, like, visualize it so hard, and Uh I feel like that's why. I agree. Okay, so I'm going to submit going to a living history park and living your best life up for nomination to the Good Girl Glossary. Do you second it? Absolutely seconded. All right, here we go. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> yes. Um, Becca, do you have a submission for the Good Girl Glossary today? I do. Okay, this is also like coming out of left field. And I don't think we've talked about... I hope we haven't talked about it. It's um, being mad at Rory Gilmore for having sex. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically with Jean. It was a bad... Spoiler alert. <laughs> if you haven't made it to season six or whatever. Um... But I feel like that moment where she loses her virginity to a married man, it's like, I just was like, you're dead to me. (laughs) It was like, you were supposed to be one of us. And now look what you've done. And I just like, I was so disappointed in her and I was so mad. And I like totally was on Lorelai's side. I was like, yeah, don't speak to her. She is a bad person. Like I just judged her so hard. And I think I still do. (laughs) <laughs> I'm still like that was a bad move mm-hmm. and also Dean like come on Jess was right there but anyway I think that like feeling like you relate to Rory on a deeper level and then having her do something like that or like betrayal even, even just the whole like Logan rebellion era I was like 
like, what are you trying to do to me? Mm -hmm. Why are you just going off the rails like this? And she probably was just being like a normal teen to most people's standards, but Mm -hmm. she really let me down. I'm going to out myself here as someone who hasn't watched all of Good More Girls all the way through. Sad. But I think it's interesting whenever I talk to people about Good More Girls and some people found like Rory so annoying they're like she is extremely annoying <laughs> that's I I feel like that's definitely and whenever true. people say that I'm like I take it as a personal attack <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think you're like Rory though like I would say not personality wise but like like you're like how you would appear if you first met you is more like Lorelai you know what that's probably true I'm a little I'm I'm definitely more of a chaotic end of the spectrum versus the like She's organized and anxious, and Lorelai is just, like, doing her best kind of vibes, but she also had sex as a teen. <laughs> she did have Hence sex as Rory a teen. Hence Rory existing. Which we don't judge anymore. No, we don't judge anymore. We don't judge anymore. Um, but we definitely did. We definitely, definitely we did. did. Oh, we didn't even... I mean, there's so much to touch on. You need to listen to season one if you want to hear about how much we judged people who were sex havers in high school. Yes, the term sex havers. Mm-hmm. Sex havers, coined by myself and my friend Claire Hawkwalker. We were both very deep into purity culture. Deep, um, deep. And I think, once again, as a superior, superiority complex kind of thing, but also... I mean, at least on my part. Yeah, no, same. Um, well, also out of fear. Like, what's going to happen? Desperately. Like, confused. what would happen if I had sex? <laughs> Certainly nothing good. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, I never really understood why people laughed at, um, if you have sex, you'll get chlamydia and die in Mean Girls. I was like, yeah. Why you, you will. I was like, are you laughing because you're uncomfortable because the truth hurts? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I would probably also feel a little bit betrayed by Rory, be like, you were supposed to be one of us. But, okay, it, it, do you think that that is a function of the way it was written and they didn't write it well enough for you to understand her perspective? Well, I it's like you... I watched it recently because it came up on my TikTok for, like, God knows what reason. Uh-huh. But I feel like that scene was, like, you know, it was her first love, high school boyfriend. She had all this, like, ties to him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people really do have, like unhealthy sometimes not everyone but many of us have unhealthy relationships with high school boyfriends and like mm-hmm. I could kind of see that like you using that as an, ex- an excuse when he's like it's the heater mm-hmm. um because he was like unhappy in his marriage and he was gonna get a divorce and all this stuff but he hadn't done any of that so I don't know it's just it's like not a great situation it's also like more his fault than hers like Mm -hmm. he should not like he was the one who made a vow and he's the one who like you know went back on his promise to his wife so let me say full stop I'm judging Dean way more but when I was a teenager I was I was deeply deeply disappointed in Rory's actions I think like to the point that it like made me upset like I think being upset my character's actions is a big good girl tendency. It's like, I wasn't even there. I don't even know Rory Gilmore. I know she's fictional, but I'm still just like... <laughs> like, I wasn't even there because there was a there to <laughs> be. She wasn't, yeah. <laughs> I was not in Stars Hollow, and I'm still disappointed in her behavior. I love the um, gone sad journey to be from going from blaming Rory to blaming Dean. Yeah, and I think that's like... That was, like, a big journey that I've had to go through in the past, like, probably 10 years. 
You know who else has gone through this journey? Taylor Swift. Yeah. Like, we were all in our better than revenge phase when she was in her better than revenge phase. She has a song about her friend losing her virginity. Yeah. And she's like, oh, what a big mistake. No, not just you did something dumb. Abigail gave everything <laughs> she had to a boy who changed his mind. This woman thinks that having sex is giving everything you had. And you know what? When I was her age, so did I. Oh, yeah. Before. That song like made me sob, sob, sob. Not that any of my friends were having sex. No way. But like... <laughs> I, it made me so sad because I was like, I totally, like, I'm sad for Abigail. She gave everything she had. Mm -hmm. And now I look back on that and I'm like, girl is going to have to change those lyrics. I know. We need that, we need a Taylor's version of being like, sorry, Abigail, about that. Glad that I'm a sex positive girly now. I care about the gays. What's that, um, uh, that, like, Trisha Paytas tiktok that's a sound that's like i'm sorry i was problematic but lgbtq like qia plus like but <laughs> it's like her listing all these things that she is now um which i feel like is very much how we operate becca and i oh i was gonna say that i i didn't sob to that song because i wasn't listening because brio magazine told me not to <laughs> <laughs> sid um self-imposed a rule that she couldn't listen to taylor swift because a Christian magazine told me. A Christian, to. a Christian magazine told me I couldn't listen to her debut album because she um, slammed screen doors and didn't listen to her parents <laughs> because she talks on the phone real slow when it's late and her mama don't know. Rule breaker. Rule breaker. Okay, would you like to submit it for nomination? Being, Being mad at Rory, Rory Gilmore, Gilmore for, for having, having sex. sex. Specifically with a married man, but I think it's funnier to just be mad at her. <laughs> because you would have been mad at her either way. I would have, I would have been disappointed. Not mad, just disappointed. <laughs> I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. Um, I submitted to the Good Girl Glossary. I think it's time to transition to our game. Let's... The name of the game is Sadigories. Yes. How Sadigories works is we each wrote down a different topic. For example, hair accessories. Becca, of these three hair accessories, which one do you identify with most? Don't reveal your answer because I'm going to guess which I think you identify with most. Okay. Headbands, bows, anything sparkly in the hair. I think Becca's a headband girl. Becca, am I correct? Well, if I'm going to say what I identify with most, I think I would say bows. Okay, so I was wrong. So one point against me. That's how the game is going to go. We each wrote a few for each other. And we're going to see who wins at the end. And this is actually mostly for you to learn about us, I guess. But maybe we don't know each other very well at Maybe all. not. Well, also important to note that we always have a game. And um, the games are super silly, but they always have an iconic name. Yes. And we care more about the name of the game than the actual game itself, which you will quickly learn. All right. All right. Do you want to go first? Um... Yes. And then for fun, if you want to guess which one I identify with most, you can. Lip Smacker, CarMax, Victoria's Secret Lip Gloss. I'm going to guess you're a Lip Smacker. Yeah. Yeah? Because you know I love lip gloss. I know you love lip gloss, but like... And that's the more of a balm, but I was very into like the vanilla one. The Lip Smacker? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was like, because Victoria's Secret Lip Gloss was like a specific breed of girl at my high, at my middle school. I was never part of that. Um, do you want to guess what I was? CarMax. No, I was a lip smacker oh. girl, but specifically the ones that were soda flavored. Mm. And my favorite one was root beer, which I think is Nerf strange. <laughs> I think that's pretty gross. Interesting. Okay. Wait, okay. So mm -hmm. I think that I should answer and then you tell me what you thought I was. Okay. We can do it that way too. 
Because then I won't be influenced. Impacted. Yeah. Okay. Um, are you braids, ponytail, or half up, half down? Half up, half down. Dang, I said ponytail. Oh, well, honestly, I like all three. My hair just hasn't been long enough to do braids. To do braids. Since you've known me. No, it hasn't. She has an iconic bob for those of you listening. Well, it's a little too long right now, but it's going to be bobbed again this weekend. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's a big bob weekend. <laughs> but I do also like Super a Super Bob Saturday. Super Bob Saturday. <laughs> I do Super like a pony. I used to do this like very specific, like, um, like low, like partial side part, but then part was going back. Like literally like a wedding hairdo. You just described like, you know, your like, hair with a sound effect. <laughs> No, I was trying to think of the word. I do I do also love a ponytail. Um, what do you think I am? Braids, ponytail, or half up, half down? Braids. Yeah, I'm wearing two right now. <laughs> yeah, braids in her hair, listeners. Um, every single day of fifth grade I had two braids. And well, I, love I, that. I thought it would be like iconic and no one noticed. <laughs> well, I legitimately no one cared. the reason I said bows for the the guests or the um oh my god, words for the example. Example is because I used to wear a ribbon in my hair every single day. Like, every single day. And actually, I got made fun of for the ribbon <gasps> when I started dating my high school boyfriend. His friends said something to him about it, and then I stopped wearing ribbons. <gasps> you gave everything you had to him. <laughs> Your bow identity. I gave my ribbon identity. I was kind of like, this is cute. Like, I'm, like, dressing up my little pony, and I'm not going to say his name because my friends are still friends with him. So I'm not going to say who it was, but you know who you are. But you know who you are and what you did to Becca's psyche. Okay. Were you a backpack, tote, or just carry all your stuff girl? I was a backpack girl. Oh, I said tote. Um, I think today I would, I mean, I am a tote girl today, mm -hmm. but it wasn't really like a thing. People just had oh. backpacks. Oh, got it. Um... No, the sheet girls at my high school had like a Vera Bradley tote or one that would give Victoria's Secret gift with purchase mm. tote. A lot of Victoria's Secret trauma on me. I yeah. never shopped there and I was like, Where did all these girls have all this stuff. Um, what, do you think I was a backpack tote or just carry all your, my stuff kind of girl? Backpack. Yeah, I was Rolling. a backpack. Yep. Because um, I wanted to ask, is it because you were too tiny so it would hurt your back to wear your books? Um, well, no, the problem is that I like never really learned my locker combination and I was always chit-chatting. So I really had never time, never had time to go to my locker. So I carried all of my possessions on my back and I was probably like carrying on average 30 pounds in my backpack at all times. And it gave me two herniated discs and then I was medically prescribed a rolling backpack. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one nice thing about carrying your books to class that I enjoyed was like getting like the binder, textbook, notebook, like lip balm, you know, like you got. It your was like, kind of Laura Ingalls Wilder. Core. Was, You're yeah. like, I'm just a little girl going to school. It was like I literally, yes, and it was like, okay, these days when I have to dress up for work and I'm going to work, I'm like, ooh, cosplay a person who works. <laughs> like I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm a professional, and it's like, no, I literally am a professional, and I have been for eight years. This shouldn't come as a surprise, <laughs> but that's how I felt when I was going to class. I was like, I'm like a teen going to class, and it's like, no, babe, you are You're a teen, teen going, going to, to class. class. Anyway. And, and you have a you have a quiz today. You should probably think about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, were you a sneakers, Uggs, or stinky stinky flats girl? I was an Uggs girl. I said Uggs! Oh, okay, I finally got one right. I thought you were gonna say stinky stinky flats, because I did have them at times in my life, but they mm -hmm. weren't my shoe of choice. Got it. I was a 
stinky, stinky flats. Stinky, stinky flats, yes. girl. And they were, and I would wear them with knee-high socks or cropped leggings. You either had to see the top of my knee or the, my ankles. Legally, could not wear a full tight. I do relate to that. <laughs> um, I had these really ugly blowfish flats. Um, if you like, remember those blowfish boots with the buttons on the side? Imagine that as a flat. It's the ugliest shoe imaginable. <laughs> um, I had these zebra ones that had like hot pink trim that I begged my mother to get me on the off the clearance rack at Pay Less. Wait, I also source. begged for some leopard ones, and my mom like didn't want to give them to me, and then I legitimately wore them for like twelve years of my life, and I was like, ha ha, <laughs> and she was like, throw them away. <laughs> it's like they are sticky, sticky flats. Um, yeah, I was a big sticky, sticky flat girly because I I thought I could be in uniform, you know, as a gossip girl. Bonus. What was your Bath and Body Works scent? Vanilla. I was like only allowed to wear vanilla. My mom is very sensitive to scents. Oh, I thought you'd be like, <laughs> only whores wear sun ripened raspberry or something no. like that. My mom does not like a like fruity scent. Mm. And also, I do like vanilla, but there was like a, it was like brown sugar vanilla or something like right. that. Right. Vanilla brown yeah. sugar. I think it's yeah. like the specifically. Mm hmm. Um, my sister was cucumber melon and I was sun ripened raspberry. Mm. Cucumber was- melon was like a classy. My mom talks about. When she would pick us up for middle school, and like I would have on my like vanilla Bath and Body Works, and then like my cousin had this like Hollister perfume that we were all so jealous of, and then like my <laughs> other friend would have her like Abercrombie perfume, and like every like in middle school we'd get in the car, and my mom would just like get a migraine. <laughs> like, you girls are fine smelling separately, but together it's way too much. <laughs> This is like an inside joke for just my mom. Like this is just a thing that she talks about and like she thinks it's so funny and giggles about it all the time. <laughs> That's so good. Well, those were all of my categories for you, Becca. Those were great. Thank, thank you so you. much. Oh gosh, thank you. Okay. I would like to know which March sister you identify with most. Mm. Meg, Joe, Beth, or Amy? Um, I identify with Amy because she wants her little outfits. And Joe didn't want to marry him. Lori? Lori. Lori, Joe didn't want to marry him. You know, if she did, you have to speak up. So I'm, I am feel like I identify as an Amy. But I, of course, wish I was Joe. I wish I was cool and confident and independent. Um, and all the boys pined after me. But no. Yeah. Which, I, I thought you were an Amy. Yeah. What, do you, what do you think that I am? Um, I think you're an Emma Watson. Which one's Emma Watson? Meg? No, I'm an Amy. You're also an Amy? Yeah. Because especially when she has her, like, little, like, like, moment. And she's like, no, you don't get to mess around with me. Like, I have ambition. I have stuff that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Like, that, that is very me. Also, like, the bratty child thing. That's me, too. I guess. My uh, sister is a Meg. And she always. Your sister is a Meg. She always says that, like, everyone says they're a Joe, but, like, is either a Meg or an Amy. But, like, Beths usually know they're a Beth. You are not a Beth. But. Because you're not, like, sweet. (laughs) Like, I'm not. No, I'm really not. I'm really not. (laughs) Like, you're not, like, a gentle spirit, you know? Like, I feel like Beth is, like, this sweet little, like, kind of, like, pushover, and that's not how you are. No, I'm really not. Um, I don't know what my sister would be, though. I think my sister's a Joe. Sam is a Joe. For sure. She's a Joe March. She seems very sweet to me. Is she not sweet? She is, but I do think... Maybe she used to be a Beth and she's evolved into a Joe. Oh, interesting. It's like, positive. Non-derogatory. Yeah. Positive yeah. she's evolved into a Joe. Actually, the thing about Beth dying is that what would Beth be like as an adult, you know? Beth was I a good girl. Say. She didn't have an opportunity to go sad. That's so true. 
But she would have. Yeah. They all did. Yeah, I don't think I'm like spunky enough to have ever even thought I was a Joe. You're not Christopher Columbus. Yeah. I think my, I, think, <laughs> I hope people know that's from a song from a show. I will okay. say I also was not a historical drama person. Like Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. And actually this makes you, is maybe what makes me a Joe is that I didn't like Little Women because I was like, ew, romance is for losers. I'm going to watch Mary Catherine Gallagher Superstar. I'm going to watch like, like comedy because I'm an interesting person, which I do think unfortunately makes me a Joe. Am I a Joe? Hard or do you say. think I'm an Amy? I'm the worst parts of both. I could Moving on. sort of see you as a Joe, though. Yeah, I could see either one. Okay, um, which Midnight's track do you identify with most? Bejeweled, Antihero, Karma, or Mastermind? Not Mastermind. I don't have enough forethought for any of that. I'm always like, oh, should have done that. <laughs> um, Bejeweled is probably my inner monologue, but... I think outwardly, I'm like, I'm an anti-hero. Everything's hard for me. I'm just wrong all the time and everyone hates me. So yeah, definitely anti-hero. Not karma? I thought you were going to be karma for sure. No, because I feel like I do everything wrong. So if karma is, like, karma's the reason I don't have a boyfriend. Mm. Also, there's something still good girl about me. I'm like, I'm not supposed to believe in karma. Because in Catholicism, you're not supposed to believe in karma. It's all God. It's not, like, the random, like, balance of good and evil which we have talked about. Haven't we, haven't we talked about? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think on our, we did a two-part countdown to midnight's deep dive, Becca and I did. We did. Which you can go back and find. We did a little note about each track. It was going to be just the top ten, and then we ended up talking about every single every track. Every single track. Um, no, I love the idea of Karma, the song, um, because it's like upbeat and fun, but I do think that, yeah, I feel like I do everything wrong and karma is going to bite me in the ass. Like, karma, I, my side of my street, not clean. I've done a lot of things wrong and I feel like I'm a bad person. And if, yeah, and also, like, I'm a disorganized person to begin with. I'm like, I don't even know what, I can't even picture a clean street. <laughs> so, okay. Which um, one do you think I am? Um, Bejeweled. So I was, I came into this thinking I was anti-hero, but now I think I might be mastermind. Oh. Like, I feel like the overthinking everything yeah, and, like, yeah. trying to be, like, five steps ahead and, like, I don't know. Like, not necessarily... In her confidence kind of way, but mm-hmm. the way that you think about things a lot. I, I see that. Yeah. Totally. I feel like I'm always trying to, like, prepare for any situation mm-hmm. in my head, and I think that's kind of, like, mastermindy energy, but I don't know. Because I could also see Bejeweled or Antihero. Definitely not Karma. No. Not anymore. Maybe in, like, high school when I thought I was, like, better than people. Yes. A hundred percent Karma. Okay. This will be the last one. Okay. Which 2000s Disney Channel TV character do you relate to most? Okay. Lizzie McGuire, Miley Stewart, Raven Simone, Ren Stevens, or Alex Russo? Oh, my God. Alex Russo stressed me out so much. (laughs) She was so blasé, and I was like, what do you mean you just, like, wake up and misbehave? Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, everything's going to be a dream. Okay. Um, Lizzie McGuire, because I thought myself a fashionista. Mm. I definitely have, like, an inner monologue, little little version of me in my head. Um, and the way that she was like, Kate, why are you being so mean? But then would, like, win Kate over. She was good at some things, but she was also, like, kind of mediocre, and that was her thing. Mm-hmm. She was kind of, like, lived in the middle of the pack. And... I feel like the lessons she learned at the end of each episode were lessons I needed to learn the most, 
Ren Stevens, even I thought she was uptight, which is saying something. And who am I? Raven Simone, I mean, she was too cool. She, she was like, so confident. She was so cool, so confident. She was like, I wanted to be her. Like, literally, I tried to embody her in the, like, characters I had to do in, like, my senior year Godspell. I was like, <laughs> just, like, let yourself go. Be like Raven Simone. I'm not even saying, like, that's so Raven. I'm thinking, like, I was obsessed with actual mm-hmm. Raven Simone. It's like, she is a cheetah girl. She can sing. She can dance. She can act. And she has the coolest pants I've ever seen. Well, and she was, like, a really, she was, like, the person who was always messing up, but, like, she was always confident, and she always just, like, came back from it. Yeah. Like, I think that's what I really envied, is that she could Mm -hmm. just be, like, so silly, so embarrassing, like, whatever it was, and just be, like, what? Yeah. Like, that wasn't weird. I don't know. I've been also getting Raven, that's a Raven clips on my Mm -hmm. TikTok, and, like, that show was hilarious. They were Excellent. They were all like excellent, excellent an- mm-hmm. actors. What was Elise Vanderpool's name? Can, can you believe I can remember her? Chelsea. Che- I remember <laughs> her whole actual no. Christian name, but mm-hmm. I can't remember. Chelsea. Chelsea and Eddie. Chelsea, I identified with Chelsea because she was always like, don't do that thing. You're going to get in trouble. And yeah. I was always the, don't do that thing. You're going to get in trouble, girl. And, and so, I, if anybody, probably more her. But mm-hmm. the way that Liz McGraw would go, before she spoke, I identified mm-hmm. with that a lot. <laughs> yeah. But I also feel like Lizzie was, like, a very, like, kind person at her core. But then she would, like, mess up and, like, have these little moments where she was, like, being a little mean or, like, whatever. Like, I feel like I related to that part of her. Mm-hmm. Where I was, like, she's, like... She was very real. I think she was, like, the very most real, real of all of yeah. them. Yeah. And, like, she was just a teenager. Just a normal person just trying to live her life. Mm-hmm. And it was hard. So you identify with... Ren. No, no. I'm kidding. You're also a Lizzie? Nope. You're not a Raven. No. So you must be the other one that you gave me. There were two more. There were two more. Um, you're going to have to remind me. My two options. Miley and Alex Russo. Oh, Miley. Yeah. Because mm. you were Southern. Because I was Southern, but I also... Blue jeans! <laughs> I also feel like, you know, Miley was always, like, trying to do really well in school, but she had, like, a lot of other stuff that she was, like, I juggling. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't, like, necessarily an international pop star, but, like, <laughs> I did have a lot going on. But I always just kind of felt like, I don't know, my friend um, and I always used to be, like, talking about how, like, I was the Miley and she was the Lily, and, like, we were always just kind of, like, kooky, silly together. But I feel like she just... I don't know. She really spoke to me because she was like funny in like a sassy way, but then she always tried to like do the right thing and it would like really weigh on her if she felt like she said something mean or like did something that wasn't nice or something. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I really related to that. Uh, that show also trust me out because at the core it was just a lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like just a lie all the time. Mm-hmm. But well, I, I, I totally see that for you. I think also, like... dance was, like, your identity. Yeah. And, like, prioritizing, like, different things. Like, we had to be at the dance studio at, like, 8 a.m. The, ni- the day after prom. And it was kind of, like, all these people are going to the beach for prom. And, like, they're going to be there after. And they're going to be there for a weekend. But then you had to, like, decide, like, well, do I want this, like, fun thing? Or do I want to do this thing that I've, like, committed to? I feel like... And you went to dance class? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went to the metaphorical Oscars over prom, if you will. Like, that feels like a Hannah Montana dilemma. Uh-huh. And mine was modern dance class versus <laughs> the prom beach party. <laughs> but, yeah. But also, I, what, were, bad, were bad mischievous things going to happen at prom beach party and that was stressful? Probably. Like, I don't think I would have gone. I don't know. Maybe I would have. 
but probably not. So I think it was, like, nice for me to have an excuse not to go to things like mm-hmm. that, which I think is also why our teacher, like, wanted us to be there so we didn't get involved in stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I will say, I thought Alex Russo was, like, a top-tier character. I think Selena Gomez is so funny. Like... Oh, she is... Yes. She, in that show, I just was, like, she is a comedic genius. Like, her timing is so good. Her, like, dry sense of humor. I think she's hysterical. I love her in Only Murders because I feel like we just had not seen her in, like, a funny role for a while. Mm-hmm. And I just think she was, like, so good as Alex Russo. You also love Selena Gomez. I love Selena Gomez. She really loves Selena Gomez. I, I really do. I've got Rare Beauty mascara on right now. Oh, you that too? <laughs> That's... The end of the episode. Yeah. It seems like we're all winners in the game of life. Oh, right. Oh, you didn't... I didn't I didn't keep track of the Neither story. Neither did I. This, this was actually less of a competition. Yeah. Normally, we'll write the game specifically tailored to the guest, mm-hmm. which is very fun. We'll, like, take into account, you know, we've got some, like, musical theater people, and we'll ask them musical theatery questions or, like, um, you know, other stuff other fun games have been purity ring of fire which was just about purity culture and celebrities Mm -hmm. um none your business like show business which was about religious musicals we're feeling excited though because we had really run the gamut of religious themed (laughs) games and religious themed puns Mm -hmm. and so now that we're opening the doors to all good girl traits and tendencies um i think we have a lot more to choose from, which is nice. So next up, we're going to do what we call passing the offertory plate, um, which is a remnant from our more religious days. But uh, this is just when we plug ourselves and allow our guests to tell you where you can follow them. So Sid, mm-hmm. do you want to go first? I would love to go first. Um, you can follow me, Sid King, at Sid period the period King. That's S-Y-D. Um, you can follow me on Letterboxd at Sid J. King. I watch stuff and I talk about it, and I would love to talk to you about it as well. And I think that's it for me. Cool. Becca? Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at the Becca Stevenson. That's T-H-E-B-E-C-C-A-S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S-O-N. That's right, Stevenson with a P-H. You can also follow me on TikTok at the real underscore Becca. TikTok is the place where you should follow me and Instagram if you want to see all my wedding photos. To Michael. Michael just walked in. Her husband's name. Her husband's name My husband. is Michael. Um, My we, husband, who is a good girl gone sad, and we will get him on here one day. Yes. We just follow have to. Follow me at NYC by Pub. Yeah, you can follow him at NYC by Pub if you are an Irish pub connoisseur. And even if you're not, go ahead and follow it. Follow us on TikTok at Good Girls Gone Sad. Follow us on Instagram at Good Girls Gone Sad. And you also, can email us. you can email us at goodgirlsgonsad at gmail.com for a good girl glossary entry or just some comments. Please like, rate, and review or whatever is happens on the platform you're listening to us on. And stay tuned because we do live shows and we'll announce them here once we do them. We do. Also, if you have any good girl guests that you think would be perfect for this show, please let us know because we are trying to cast a wide net and get out of our little... New York comedy bubble, mm-hmm. um, although we will most likely stay in the bubble some, but we're going to try to get you lots of different guests. So if there's anybody that you follow on the internet or know personally and you're like, oh my gosh, that person would be a great guest, please send us a little email or DM or comment and let us know who that person is. All right. Thank you. And all we have to say is Jesus, Jesus wouldn't call people whores on the internet. internet. Bye.